And if you're a stepmom who feels things very, very, very deeply, meaning that you tend to fall further on the empathy scale where you actually take on the energy of other people and feel it in your own body, then what do you think can happen when you enter into a stepfamily relationship with people who are feeling some very heavy things? Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. Thank you for joining me here today. If you have been along for the ride in the inner circle here, then you'll know that we've just finished up our free five-day uplifted stepmom challenge and that we've just wrapped up enrollment for a new round of your stepmom story where a brand new group of starry-eyed stepmoms are ready to create their happily ever after. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, or you're just kind of for the first time getting to listen to any Queen of Your Castle podcast episodes or just getting to know Step Queen, then basically over the last couple of weeks, we hosted an online event where I challenged hundreds of women from all around the world to participate in one short activity every day for five days with each of those activities designed to help these stepmoms improve their stepfamily relationships. And I mean, I had a great time. I had a really great time. I'm speaking for most, or I'm speaking for people when I say we had a great time, but I I definitely had a great time. And you know, as, as step queen grows and as I've switched up the way that I'll be hosting the stepmom story from now on, meaning that once you join the story, you become a member for life. I've been starting to allow the vision I have for the future of Step Queen to expand and evolve. And I've been really starting to dream into what that future looks like, what the future of Step Queen looks like with a little bit more clarity And I started envisioning what it's going to look like when I begin to add some more coaches to my team. And that, that thought got me thinking, isn't that funny how thoughts get you thinking? Anyway, that thought got me thinking. Uh, And it's really no secret that I, the way I do things is pretty different than how other coaches in this space do things. And I'm not saying that because I think anyone is better than or worse than anyone else, but just because we're all different people with different styles and different education and different visions and different step families, different step family circumstances. And so sometimes you can hear 
the same piece of advice 99 different times from 99 different people and it doesn't land, right? It doesn't make a difference. But then the very specific way that you hear it on the hundredth time by the hundredth person, it just makes everything click for you. Just something about the way that this person communicates or something about their own story that resonates really deeply with you that you just get it. Same information, different delivery. And I, that's, that's one reason I think that it's really important that more and more stepmoms become coaches once they get to the other side. There really are not that many of us. And there are a lot of stepmoms, 14 million in the United States alone, to be exact. So once a stepmom gets through that tunnel, I think it's really important to, in some way, shape, or form, look for opportunities to connect with other stepmoms. Because I know for a fact, you know, that I'm, I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Weird. I know, but I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. But Coach Sally, on the other hand, like she's the best thing since sliced bread. And I know for a fact that other people think Coach Sally just doesn't really get it, but they think Coach Coach Macy is the cat's meow. When if you'd step back and look carefully, Coach Sally and Coach Macy and me are probably giving very similar information packaged inside of very similar advice but we're all just delivering it via a different story. You know, there's a there's a best-selling author out there who my best friend Danica, hi Danica, who my best friend Danica introduced me to. And this author, I'm like, I don't get it. Like I don't think her writing is good. In fact, I think her writing is awful. I don't think there's anything special about her message or anything like that. She gives me kind of a bad vibe energetically, but this author, this woman, she has a literal cult-like following. People who like her don't like her. They love her. She's got multiple, multiple best-selling books. Oprah loves her. People are obsessed. And so it really begs this question, how can there be such different perceptions of the same person? How is it possible that the exact same words land so differently to two different people? How is it possible that when this author, for example, says one sentence that makes me roll my eyes, how is it possible that someone else gets that literal exact same sentence tattooed on their wrist as an inspirational mantra? Well, surprise, surprise, I've developed a theory. And as an empath, I've developed a theory about that part specifically. But it's funny to me that even through the screen of my phone or the screen of my laptop, I can still sense the energy of other people. Like I can still feel the feelings of other people, even if they're halfway across the world even without being in the same room as them. But since this challenge wrapped up and there were multiple hundreds of women who participated, I got to thinking like, wow, you know, a couple of years ago, 
there's no way I would have been able to survive that emotionally. Like there were as many women in the challenge as there were in my high school graduating class. And there is absolutely no freaking way that I could have held space for all of that energy and all of those emotions only a handful of years ago when I started Step Queen. And from there, from looking at how far I've personally evolved since I started facilitating this work, I went down yet another thought rabbit hole and ta-da, today's episode was born. And if you are also an empath, maybe you can relate. And if you've never heard of the word empath, but you're intrigued because you are also really, really tuned into the feelings and emotions of other people, but you never actually knew that this had a label attached to it, then stay tuned. I don't actually remember when exactly it was that I was first introduced to this word empath, right? Like empathy without the Y, empath. But when I learned about what it meant to be an empath, for the first time in my life, I felt like someone actually understood me. I've always been a really, really, really sensitive person and a really, really, really emotional person. Like when I was in grade two, I devoured the book, Where the Red Fern Grows by Wilson Rawls. And I absolutely sobbed, like body racking, snot bubble, sobbed, wept. If you have not read it, I would highly recommend it. It's so good. It's a classic, a classic of classics. So not only have I always been like super sensitive and super emotional, I've always also been really attuned to the feelings and the emotions of other people. And I've read some, throughout all of my brain research, I've read some theories that say or posit that kids, children who grow up with either a parent who struggled with addiction or a parent who was abusive or a parent who can be really hot and cold, these kids typically develop a really advanced ability to read other people's emotions, to sense other people's emotions. And from a brain-based perspective, this makes sense, right? Like if you really want to stay alive and avoid the risk of getting hurt or getting yelled at or whatever, then it's really, really freaking smart of your really cool brain to be able to recognize even the most subtle differences in someone's behavior. Because if you want to stay on the good side, then it's smart of your brain to be able to sense when that mood has shifted just over the line from light to dark so that you can alter your behavior accordingly and therefore avoid that pain that might be coming as much as possible, right? Make yourself scarce, do something nice, hide. And I mean, this is just a theory. It's not a cut and dried rule. There are definitely people who grew up in stable, loving homes who are empaths. And there are definitely people who grew up in dysfunctional homes who are not empaths. People are complex, right? Our, our brains are very complex and incredible organisms. <laughs> organisms? Organs, not organisms. 
that would be something else. Anyway, I've always been able to really feel what other people are feeling. And up until I got really good at managing my energy, this ability to feel so strongly for other people was, yes, a blessing, but also a curse. Because what makes having empathy, aka being able to imagine what life would be like in someone else's shoes, what makes empathy different from being an empath is that while someone with empathy can imagine like, yes, if I was you, I can totally understand why you would feel that way, right? I can just imagine myself in your shoes, in my body, right? But an empath not only understands what it's like in your shoes, but they can literally feel the way that you feel in your body inside of their body. They can feel the feelings you're feeling inside of their own bodies. So if you're not a feeling person, then I can understand that this concept sounds kind of wacky. Like how on earth can somebody feel somebody else's sadness or embarrassment or joy inside of their own body? Like you can't do that, right? But speaking as an empath, I honestly wonder the same thing about people who cannot internally feel the feelings of other people. Like, how do you pick up on social cues if you cannot feel the instant when someone's energy changes? And as I'm saying this, I'm reminded of someone that I used to work with who shall remain nameless and ungendered. But this person had absolutely zero clue when they would say something that offended somebody, when they would cross a line, when they were not funny, when they were being aggressive. They just could not read the room. They could not read the body language of the room. They could not read the emotions of the room. So being in this room with this person was super uncomfortable for me because I could feel everyone in the room's emotions changing. And there this person was just going off on a tangent. So what do you think now, back back to our regularly scheduled programming, what do you think can happen for people who are stepmothers when they walk into a situation that was created out of loss? There's no two ways around it. A step family is formed from a place of loss, from a place of grief. Even if it was a good thing in the end that our partner's relationships with their children's other parent didn't work out, no matter how amicable or how absolutely necessary the breakup was, the fact of the matter is that due to our social conditioning of what constitutes a family, A step family is always formed out of loss. And if you're a stepmom who feels things very, very, very deeply, meaning that you tend to fall further on the empathy scale where you actually take on the energy of other people and feel it in your own body, then what do you think can happen when you enter into a step family relationship 
with people who are feeling some very heavy things. So looking back over the years of struggle I had in my stepfamily, and also like long before that, in the years of struggle I had in basically basically every other situation, you know, I would get super overwhelmed in crowds and I would feel completely and utterly drained and exhausted after working as a nurse and being in those really intense and vulnerable and emotionally charged situations with patients and families and burnt out coworkers and patronizing doctors and power hierarchies. And I realize now in hindsight how many issues I actually created for my own self due to the fact that I hadn't yet learned how to manage my thoughts or manage my energy. And I hadn't yet learned how to get the energy of other people out of my body. So all of that energy was just in me, swirling around and weighing me down. And it's an interesting paradigm, isn't it? That people who feel the most deeply are most likely to work in fields, work in occupations where they would be exposed to a lot of other people's feelings. And as a result, more likely to get burnt out or exhausted from taking all of that feeling energy on. Now, if you're starting to wonder, okay, Brittany, that's all well and good, but what does this have to do with me? Well, I've noticed that the people I tend to attract with Step Queen have some very similar characteristics. That the stepmoms who seem drawn to Step Queen and the energy of Step Queen have some very similar characteristics. Like, not only do I tend to attract the creme de la creme of stepmoms, but I also tend to attract stepmoms who are drawn to energy and energy work and stepmoms who are very deep feelers, who feel things very deeply, who are empaths, who want to help other people, who want to help each other, who can feel when something is off with her partner and feel when something is off with her stepkids and who want to genuinely help them to stop feeling that way. Maybe it's just because they hope when you stop feeling that way, then I don't have to feel like crap every single day, right? Like stepmoms who are more than happy to get down into the trenches with another person, even if it means taking on all of those feelings, because they hope that getting down there with the other person, they hope that maybe that'll be enough to convince the person to get out of the hole, to get out of the trench, But I feel like this is a conversation that we, as a society, as a whole, don't have enough. I feel like we don't have enough conversations with and for the people who are helpers. With and for the people who walk around all day like sponges, sucking up all the energy of everybody around them. When I was still a nurse, I noticed that even after really intense and emotionally charged situations, like aside from a quick debriefing, at least from my interpretation, it really felt like emotionally you're kind of left on your own to figure out what to do. Like, congrats, you just watched a young mother die. Now get back to work. 
And it's no wonder that addiction and overeating and numbing behaviors are so prevalent in the helping fields because many people don't know what it feels like to be emotionally supported in the sense that it's actually encouraged to process those emotions so you don't have to carry them around in your body anymore. The experience of life feels, speaking from experience, the experience of life feels very, very different when you're an empath who hasn't yet learned how to tangle with that really fine energetic line and you sort of just default into allowing everyone else's bullshit to seep into your world and into your mind and into your feelings. Hashtag been there, hashtag done that, hashtag over it. There's a difference between being that emotional sponge who just slogs around and feels fucking exhausted all the time versus when you're an empath who's learned how to hold space for the feelings of other people while protecting yourself. And like the parallel here, because that's also a huge goal, at least for me as a mentor with my clients, is having you explore how can you hold space for whatever this chaos is that's happening in your step family while you still simultaneously and even more importantly protect yourself and the way you feel and the ways you choose to give and protect your energy. One of my goals for my clients is to facilitate this really powerful expansion and balance those scales. So something else that I hear really often from people who just come into the step queen world for the first time is that the way in which I mentor, the way in which I teach, the way I teach, mentor, I lost another word, but you know what I'm talking about. The way in which I mentor, as lots of people say, is that it, it's the only way that they've been able to find that's actually being helpful beyond the validation of feelings. Beyond just saying, yes, what you're feeling as a stepmom is normal. And again, I want to circle back to what I said at the beginning of this episode. It could just be that if you are, in fact, someone who feels really deeply, if you are an empath, you might have the sense that another coach is dropping the ball because they're not telling you what to do with that feeling now. But for people who are not empaths, because believe it or not, not everybody is an empath, but for people who are not empaths, maybe... All those people, all people who are not empaths, maybe all they need to know is that what they're feeling is normal. And then boom, they're off to the races, right? I'm good. So the way that Coach Sally or Coach, what did I say? Macy delivers that message works for some people. And how amazing is that? That there can be all types of coaches for all types of people. And that the more of us that there are, the more likely that another stepmom is going to be able to find someone who shares that message in exactly the right way. They get to be the hundredth time, the hundredth person saying it for the hundredth time that makes it make sense for somebody else. So if you're a stepmom who's a very deep feeler, if you're a stepmom who's maybe just discovering that she's an empath, then I cannot stress the importance of learning how to manage your energy and how to protect yourself from the energy of other people. 
Because us empaths, we need each other. We need each other to help each other feel our way through to the other side. I just want to end off by saying that as a culture in the West, as a rule, a general rule, and yes, I'm making assumptions and painting with a broad stroke brush or however that saying goes, but as a general rule, we are very, very, very disconnected from our feelings. Like kids grow up with their parents saying, stop crying, don't get angry, don't laugh so loud. And we just like, if something's wrong with our kids, we like rush to their side and we're like, oh, what's wrong? Just be happy, be happy, right? It's like we have a goal as a society just to become happy. That's all you should feel is happiness. And little girls are told, be nice and be quiet and be gentle, And little boys are told, be aggressive, don't be soft. And then that turns into a whole bunch of other issues that we can talk about another day. But what a gift. You know, if you're an empath, what a gift you have to offer the world. What a gift you have once you know how to separate and process and protect against energy. What a gift you have to offer someone else to show them how they too can come out the tunnel. What does that get to look like then when you can be that soft place to land for your stepkids who have these huge feelings that they don't know what to do with? What does that get to look like when your partner knows they're safe to express all of their emotions and feel all of their feelings? And they feel like they're safe to do it because they know it's not going to affect you so deeply that it creates an issue. It really, 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 truly is a ripple effect when someone who knows feelings so intimately, like empaths do, is able to really, really get control of that and support other people in feeling their feelings just the right way. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, You jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams and I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. For more behind the scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM, tag me in your posts, tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. 
I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>